we got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome in to another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Derek Johnson with Nick Springer for today's edition. And we've got a couple fun guests coming up on today's show. Zach Boyer. From the LJ World's going to join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. How about Damon Patterson, the former KU receiver? He's going to join us coming up here in about 30 minutes from right now. We also have two pretty ridiculously, well, I'm sorry. We have one ridiculously good RCST trivia matchup today. We have another one that is a matchup. I will just leave it at that. Um, But you're not going to want to miss any of the trivia coming up on today's episode. So be on the lookout. Uh, for that, we've also got another edition of Florida Man Mad Libs. After Nick spanked me last week, we'll see if you can. Uh, hey, going for back to back, right? <clears throat> oh yeah, oh yeah, easy money. Trying to establish a, a dynasty here. Uh, Kansas DraftKings Sportsbook is coming to the Sunflower State. It won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home. To celebrate, all new customers will receive $100 in free bets when you sign up using code KLWN. Plus, one lucky customer will win a $100,000 free bet. I uh, am not going to be putting any scratch down on the games this weekend because obviously there's you know, not going to be ready yet till September 1st, but if I were, I would be tempted to take Northwestern plus 13 against Nebraska. Interesting. Would you agree with that, or are you going Nebraska? Are you uh, a, uh, a Huskers believer? I'm I'm not a Huskers believer, but Northwestern, I don't think they're very good at all. So it's more so you just think Northwestern's terrible. I think Northwestern's bad, okay. yes. <laughs> By the way, did you see uh, there was a, a promotional poster with uh, North with Northwestern and Nebraska, but they used the K State Willie the Wildcat mascot <laughs> no instead way. of Northwestern. Mascot. I did not see that. What is up with that? You had the KU like when they did the model of the and they had yeah, the purple yeah. people in there. So maybe yeah. just everybody's just just trying to rip off K State in some way. Uh, <laughs> download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up using code KLWN to get one hundred dollars in free bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Kansas, which is a week away. Plus one customer will win a $100,000 free bet. That's code KLWN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 800-522-4700. 21 and older, physically present in Kansas. Eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DraftKings.com sportsbook. Subject to regulatory licensing requirements. One per customer, $100 issued as four $25 free bets. No purchase necessary for sweepstakes. Void where prohibited. Men's first day, DraftKings is allowed to operate in Kansas. See terms at dkng.co slash ks. Would, would you go to Ireland if KU played a game in Ireland? Ooh. Would you go? I mean, I would I would love for the, the station to be like, hey, we need you to go. We we need you to go out there and cover this game. And I'm like, oh, I guess. I guess. <laughs> um, flights to Europe are expensive, though. So it's like if, I, yeah. if I'm footing the bill for myself. I, I would say yes, because I, I will say, honestly, so I, I just went to Germany earlier this summer before you got here. Uh, next up on my bucket list for where I want to go, like, out of the country 
I've always wanted to go to like Australia, New Zealand area, but that that's a, a whole trip. I mean, it yeah, takes a day be. just to get there, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, like an easier trip. And the next on the bucket list would be like the Ireland, Scotland, England range. So yeah, I, w- I would love to. I've actually never been out of the United States. Not even like Canada or Mexico or anything? Nope. I mean, what? okay, I went to Alaska, which technically okay. you fly over Canada. <laughs> I'm not giving it to you, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, in that case, uh, I've, never been, I've never been out of the United States, no. I don't even have a passport. I've never gotten a passport. I mean, if you're not going out of the States, there's no reason to. It expires every 10 years, so you'd just be like yeah. paying money my, for no my, reason. My parents have told me I should get one, uh-huh. I guess, but... I don't know. I mean, I guess in the next 10 years, I might go out of the country. I don't know. How about this news from uh, KU? Kansas Athletics has launched its official NIL marketplace through Open Doors, one of the first licensed Kansas marketplaces in college sports. We're going to actually have on um, Luke Fedlum, who deals with a lot of NIL stuff on tomorrow's show. So it'll be interesting talking to him more about some NIL stuff going on. But the Open Doors powered marketplace will maximize NIL support for student athletes and promises to mobilize the KU fan base and local organizations to best support its student athletes. Kansas is among the first programs nationwide to provide a single marketplace to send supporters access to student athletes and offer compliant opportunities. Now, Jayhawk fans, brands, sponsors, and donors can browse, book, pitch, and pay any KU student-athlete for NIL activities in one compliant platform built specifically for the athlete's needs. So what this tells me is that you're going to be able to just straight – it's kind of like – what is it, Cameo? Yeah, like a portal where you just go in and you can – I guess pick what athletes you yeah. want and apply and be like, hey, this hey, is I'll pay you this much money. Can you send my wife a happy birthday? Or can you sign ah. this football for me? Okay, yeah, I... that, yeah, that makes sense. So the question is, how do we take this and profit off it from our end? Ah. Mm. Hmm. As profit's not the right word. How do we uh, how do we utilize this? Yeah, there you go. There you go. How do we hmm. I want you, this is gonna be your job. You have to go through every single KU athlete at the University of Kansas. Every single one. I know there's not. I think it's like, what? Is that like (laughs) 800? I mean, it's got to be near 1,000, right? 1,000? I mean, you just have 100 plus on football alone. Yeah. And you have to figure out who the best combination of interview, flair, swag, uh, interests outside of their sport that we can just shoot the bleep with them. And... Then we will get those athletes on an NIL deal to come on RCST. Okay, I, I like where this semi-regularly. is semi-regularly. I like where this is going. So after you do all that research, <laughs> but no, in, in all honesty, like that would be cool. Uh, yeah, maybe yeah. that'll be something that we can explore down the road and, and bring in someone on maybe weekly or something like that. Be kind of cool. Uh, the Chiefs preseason finale is tonight. Which I'll be honest, like I did not realize this at all. This completely snuck up on me. Yeah, I, was, I didn't. I actually I didn't realize it either until I. I like checked Twitter or something, and it was a game day for the Chiefs. Yeah, I was like, "What?" No, I was talking with one of the trivia contestants before we were going. He was like, "Yeah, I, I, I gave up my uh, Chiefs tickets for the night." He was like, "I, it, you know, it gave them to uh, this this parent and daughter. They'd never been to a Chiefs game, so you know, it's cool opportunity for them to go and everything." And, and I was like, "Wait!" When I first heard it, I was like, "Oh, that's right, the Chiefs do play tonight." You know, it just kind of yeah. snuck up out of nowhere. Um, so I guess. What are we expecting to see here? What are we looking to see? I guess the first question naturally is just, are Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey going to even play? So Andy Reid had this, shall we call it, enigmatic response uh, earlier about the possibility of Patrick Mahomes playing. He was basically like, we'll see. He's been practicing. I haven't made up my mind on all that. He's been doing 
going and doing everything, yada, 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 whatever. So essentially, uh, all that to say nothing. And I, I don't I don't really see any reason why he should play. First of all, he's been on fire, so it's not like we need to be concerned about him getting extra reps before the game start before the regular season starts. He's been phenomenal in the drives that he has played in the preseason. So I don't see any real reason why he should. I mean again, like it the question comes down to like do you just want to throw him out for a drive? But then it, well, like what's what what is one drive gonna really get you? Is it mm-hmm. really gonna benefit you that much? So I think at this point it, I he should probably just go ahead and not play. And I would probably say the same for Kelsey, especially for someone like Kelsey, who we talked about this uh, on an earlier show. He's going to be a workhorse. There's no question about it. I mean, he's going to be out there almost all the snaps, I would think, offensively, or at least that would be the, that would be the goal. So I don't see any reason why you need to make him go through any more physical endurance before the regular season starts. So for those guys, yeah, I don't, I, I just, I don't really see what there's, what there is to gain. I think, what you have to lose from an injury or from whatever, to me, seems much greater than anything you could possibly gain from even a drive or two, one more extra drive or two before the regular season starts. Yeah, I agree. Uh, if you're going to play him that short, you're right. Don't even play him at all. And, yeah. and honestly, I would just say just don't play him no matter what. Uh, that, that's what I'm kind of hoping ends up happening here. So uh, we'll wait and see because Andy Reid's been kind of non-committal about them playing or not. In the past, he has tended to have guys play I think though it's just it's just different when you have a quarterback that good and yeah Travis Kelsey's getting up there in age like you don't want him taking extra hits throughout the course of the season. There are still things that I do want to see tonight and for certain players, even guys who maybe are first teamers that I want to see tonight, but those guys are certainly not part of them. Now as far as what spots are maybe most up for grabs that still have to be seen through the preseason and whatnot, I, I think immediately the first position that you kind of find your eyes drifting to is the running backs and so every piece of preseason game makes you and maybe it's not even the starting running back like I feel like Clyde's going to be the starter right yeah um but specifically in trying to figure out what is Isaiah Pacheco's role going to be like does he have a real spot as part of the running back rotation or is he just a backup who's only going to play if there's injuries or late in the game and then he'll get special teams work and in the case of Ronald Jones is he going to even be good enough to make the roster? Like those are things that I find very interesting tonight. I feel like Ronald Jones is done. Hmm. I feel like no matter what he does tonight, he's done. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be. I mean, he's done nothing. He's done nothing up to this point. He's been completely shuffled down in terms of reps. He's been non-existent really. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't. Unless he has, I don't even know what kind of performance he would need to have to turn some heads to be like, okay, maybe this guy should make should make the team. Which is crazy because at the time that the Chiefs signed him, he was it, the general consensus was this guy's going to be a bona fide, probably behind Clyde, but he's going to be a bona fide downhill runner who's probably going to be getting the ball a lot in the Chiefs' offense. And now he's like I said, I, I I feel like he's on the verge of not making the roster, and he might already be there. I mean, again, I don't I don't really know if it matters what he does tonight. I think he's probably gone regardless. I think you're right just because of the numbers crunch that you run into there. And it's like, you're I mean, going to keep if, Clyde, you're going to keep Jet. If Pacheco is going to have the role that it kind of seems like he's going to have, no that, reason to have Ronald Jones. That's kind of what it is to me. I think that Pacheco has to, like, not be good. I, I mean, we, we had <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Yeah, with the plays that were pointed out, like, in last week where he had the open hole and, and didn't go out and get it. Like, there has to be a lot more plays of that. He has to fumble the ball. Like, he has to drop passes, stuff like that, to where you're saying – oh, man, I don't think we can trust Pacheco as the third running back. Like, we're going to use him as the fourth running back. We'll just keep four 
And while Derek Gore is is on IR and Ronald Jones, you'll get your shot right now as, as like third string running back. I think that's what has to happen. But otherwise, I think you're right. He probably is just kind of the, the odd man out no matter what happens there. So um, if Ronald Jones does get cut, mm-hmm. does anybody pick him up, you think? I think somebody will pick him up. I mean, I, I mean, he was RB1 for the Bucks. Yeah. So, I mean, he's. I don't think there's any doubt that he probably has the talent. No, I agree. I think somebody would give him a shot. I mean, I remember when the Chiefs signed him to begin with, it was like, oh, this guy could usurp Clyde Edwards Alaire, maybe. That's what I'm right? saying. That's what I'm saying. The general, the general kind of discussion was well, here's somebody who's going to be bona fide RB2 and probably going to have a chance to take away some, some playing time from Clyde. Mm-hmm. And now he's not even going to make the team, probably. Is there anything else on offense that you're kind of looking for? I, I feel like the receivers are pretty much set. Like, yeah, if, if Sky Moore does well again, but if Patrick Holmes isn't playing, like, it's not like you feel like there's a great connection there or something. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the question with the receivers is Josh Gordon. Does Josh Gordon make the team? I mean, listen, the Chiefs took a flyer on him, and he didn't really do anything, right? And I I was I was somebody who was preaching patience with Josh Gordon, say, hey, you know, let's let's – Let's hear him out a little bit. Let's see what he can do. And, but I mean, even for me, that ship has pretty much sailed at this point. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't done really anything since joining the Chiefs. So I guess that would be the question of is Josh Gordon still on the team, or are the Chiefs going to go ahead and and cut him as well? But yeah, I think besides that, your receiving your receiver room is is looking like it's pretty much set. Besides Josh Gordon, so we'll see if he makes the team or what he does. But if if he does get cut, I, I don't think anybody should have any qualms about that or feel bad about it. I mean, again, like I said, he's a guy that the Chiefs took a risk on, and I I felt like at the time it was a low-risk, potentially high-reward pickup of a guy who obviously we know what he was able to do. Now we're talking like eight, ten years ago, but certainly the talent's there, but obviously he's had a, a very very rocky history with the NFL, and and so it didn't work out. And if he doesn't make the team, okay. That's it. I don't really think there needs to be any more beyond that other than, hey, this guy kind of lost a lot of his prime years to different issues that he had off the field, and now he's not good enough. Yeah. Yeah, I think on the offense, the only spot outside of running back that I'm actually that intrigued about, because I don't think Josh Gordon really has a chance, to be honest, is tight end. But even then, now that Blake Bell has the injury, I feel like it's a for sure that Jody Fortson's making it. And even if Bell wasn't injured, I think they might have just carried four tight ends because they liked the four tight ends. Yeah. So maybe there's not really even competition there defensively. But again, again, if you're carrying four tight ends, that's more, it lends more to not carrying Ronald Jones. Yeah, yeah. If you're yeah. carrying four tight ends, you're not. You're probably not carrying four running backs. Yeah, no, you're right. You have to if you're gaining a number somewhere, you have to lose a number somewhere else. Um, defensively, though, there's not really anybody where I look at defensively and I'm like, will they make the roster? Will they not? That I'm like super intrigued by. But there are still like, if George Karloftis continues to do what he did in the first two weeks, I, I think that's going to be pretty telling to me. The Chiefs rookies Karloftis, Pacheco, Sky Moore have been getting a lot of play publicly. But I still maintain and have continued to maintain that Trent McDuffie is going to be the most important Chiefs rookie because he's going to be the one that's going to be asked to play the most and do the one of the most difficult things, which is cover top-end receivers. So I'm curious. I want to watch Trent McDuffie more. He's been great in the preseason. I think he's, I think he's only been – I saw this uh, on an article on an Airhead Report. I think he's only been targeted like twice in the entire preseason, and he's given up 
one completion or something. Some something some ridiculous amount where he's just been locked down. But I think he is going to be the most important one. Karloftis is going to be important, but the signing of Carlos Dunlap I think kind of alleviates some of that from him. But but I mean McDuffie again, it's to me and based off the Chiefs' corresponding moves they've made in the past couple of weeks by releasing some of their younger cor- some of their other corners, the Chiefs think that McDuffie is going to be day one starter playing 100% of the snaps. That's the vibe that I'm getting mm-hmm. from the Chiefs. So he's the most important guy from the rookies that I'm interested in. And obviously, I think Karloftis is probably going to draw a lot of attention if he's making sacks and doing this, that, or the other. But McDuffie's the one I want to keep an eye on. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Damon Patterson is going to join us in about 15, 20 minutes from right now. This is RCST. Joined now by a very special guest. That would be Damon Patterson, former Jayhawk wide receiver, and uh, I guess really all-purpose player at KU, also the CEO of the Raw Power Team, which we'll get into that and what Damon is up to here in a second. Damon, how's everything going today? Everything's great. I'm, I'm happy to be on. I'm excited to be on. Uh, got a little training in this morning with some of my kids. Uh, did my own little workout and then started um, chilling before I got to go back uh, a little later today. Yeah, talk to me about what life has been like since you graduated from KU and moving now into being the CEO of the Raw Power Team. Uh, life's been great. Uh, I, I've been able to create something good with my uh, my family, my dad, my, my brother, uh, my mom, close friends, and uh, it, it's been really good. We started um, 25 years ago with my dad starting the training uh, company to now – 25 years later, we're, we're international with it. Back when he started, we were just, you know, in Mesquite. And then somebody drove more than 10 minutes away to come train and do the things we were doing back then. You know, we were excited. Like, wow, they drove from, you know, across town or whatever just to come do what we're doing. Now we got people flying in from outside the country, um, all across the U.S. So it, it's been really good to do what I've been able to do with my family. I don't know how much you get to catch up with the KU football team and everything that's ongoing currently, but do you have any thoughts about what this new staff, Lance Leipold, and everything can do here at KU? Uh, yeah, no. I So I've been able to catch up more on the staff, more say, than just individual players because I deal with so many of my own guys in high school, college, all around, Um, you know, from the NFL just so around the nation. I'm just, you know – jumping in, jumping out, but from a team perspective and a coach perspective and staff perspective, I've been able to see a lot and talk a lot because that's a lot easier than, you know, trying to figure out who every individual player is for what I'm doing right now. And I got to meet um, the coaches over the spring game. I've talked with them a little bit after. Um, I got to go back and do a camp in Lawrence where uh, some of the coaches and the staff was out there, and I've only heard great things about them great things that they're implementing. I think if you watch KU for long enough, you've seen a lot of great play at the end of the season, and hopefully we can get some of those close games that we were in last year turned into Ws this year because I I saw them rounding that corner. I like what they're doing. They're inviting alumni back. They're trying to partner up with people outside the university to make the things that are going on at KU a lot better for the student-athletes. Well, I don't know how many, I guess, University of Texas fans are kind of around you in the area there at Mesquite, but uh, does it feel good to have those bragging rights down there with with, uh, the way the KU-Texas game went a season ago? Oh, oh, 100%. And, um, you know, I'm I'm down here in Dallas, so, you know, there's millions of Texas 
fans everywhere you go down here. And um, it, it was really great to be able to have those bragging rights. And it's so funny because I actually had a kid going on a recruiting trip to UT the week we played them. <laughs> and they were super excited about it. And I said, hey, I'm not going to lie to you, bro. You probably don't want to go to Texas. And he's like, why, why? I said, because I've been in Texas for a long time. And Texas underperforms every year. You know what I mean? They haven't been good since Colt McCoy left. You know, me just mm-hmm. doing my whole little stuff. <laughs> I said, I guarantee you we beat Texas this week. And and they're like, yeah, yeah, that's just your team. You're, going, you're just saying that. So they're down at the game. And as the game's going on, me and the dad and the kid are, you know, um, going back and forth. They're like, wow, you told us about this. I said, I, I told you we were, we were going to win. I said, we beat them a couple of years ago. We played close games with them. And, and that's how it went. So they were looking at me like, dang, that's crazy. And then happened to just always wear my uh, TRPT gear or just KU gear. That's just what I wear throughout, you know, my days since I'm in the facility training. And I had forgot about it. Game happens on Saturday, whatever, you know, NFL comes Sunday. I'm trained. I'm not thinking about it. I happened just to put on my KU gear on um, Monday. It was the first thing I seen in my closet, not even thinking about the Texas game no more. And I had like five, six Texas fans come in that day. Oh, so you want to be funny? You want to be funny? I'm like, man, I'm just wearing my school gear. But so it's always good when we beat Texas down here because it's not obviously it hasn't happened often. But when we beat them the last couple of times, they they definitely have a fit about me wearing my KU stuff. Well, it's interesting with this KU team because I know, like you said, you don't have as much time to dig into the individuals, but. Kwame Lasseter, who was so good for this team a year ago, graduated. He's off with the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think it's interesting comparing to, you know, kind of what you went through because you were obviously part of that 2010 team that followed the departure of Desmond Briscoe and Kerry Meyer. And you obviously took advantage of that. You broke out, had a 60-catch season in that 2010 year. Um, and, and that's kind of what KU is looking for now. Like you, you lose some production there. They're looking for somebody to step up. So what was that, what was that off season like for you? And, and what allowed you to capitalize on that, that you would, I guess, give advice to the current guys to, to try to do. Um, first I want to say a uh, shout out to Lasseter. I believe he was like, what, seven pass attempts, seven catches, 90 something yards or something like that. I believe he caught like all seven attempts thrown to him in that game. If I, remember correctly yep something like that but um so see like that i catch bits and pieces of everything i can't catch everything <laughs> but i catch enough but um the big thing for me was the off season is the off season um i if you're trying to be elite you got you just got to work regardless if you first or last on a depth chart it was more of what you kind of take away of like what those guys did as a leadership role how they um approached every day like like i said if you're not working hard in the off season, you're not going to be good but seeing how Briscoe and Meyer work every day at practice, just seeing the leadership, the, the confidence, those are the things that you have to have to be good as a guy that's being counted on. It's not just the skill level. It's more of the leadership because if you're that guy, you don't got to be super vocal, but it's how you approach practice, how you do things, you know, what the other guy's looking at you. Because if the best guy isn't, you know, doing something right, then everybody else is going to be like, well, if he's not doing it right, why, why do I need to do it right? Um, if he's not confident, I'm not confident that we're going to be good because that's our best guy. So it's the confidence that comes with it, the leadership, and taking away those things and the attributes that made them good outside of just their skill set is what we have to take on once they left. Like they weren't, we didn't have the older guys anymore because we were the older guys, right? 
So therefore, it transitioned into like, oh, let's look at Briscoe and Kerry. So now those guys are looking at at me and some of the other guys. Do you have a, a game or, or maybe multiple games, moments, whatever it is that that stick out to you as your your favorite, or, or when you felt like you were most locked in when when you were kind of uh, having your your highlight game of your KU career? It's so crazy because one of my um, me and my dad were talking about it yesterday. They were cleaning out the house and. Um, renovating some stuff at my parents' house. And he's like, hey, we um, have one of your KU game balls here. What do you want us to do with it? You know, we're moving stuff around. And he's like, oh, and, and he's like, and it was crazy. I noticed it was your, your first game in college. Like, <laughs> so that one, that's always going to be a memorable game. You get a game ball the very first game, 75-yard um, pump return, jumping over, you know, people that – very next game was my first game I started at receiver. I almost got a game ball for that. I believe eight catches, 130-some yards, two touchdowns. That was um, one that's memorable. Um, Georgia Tech game, the flip. That was going to um, be the one that I was going to bring up. That one, that, that's memorable. Um, um, the second year I was playing DB, I had a great game versus uh, Southern Miss. I got the game ball on defense. That one, that was maybe like game three, I think, two or three, the second year of my was, well, my year and a half, my first full year of starting. So I, I had some games, you know, in and out. Colorado, I made some really good catches. Um, so there were about four or five that really stick out to me. But the craziest thing is I was talking with Tyler Patman, who played with me for three years at KU, and I was like, out of all those things that I just mentioned to you, None of those things stick out to me more than, one, the Missouri game because of how we won it my freshman year and everything that went into it, especially them beating us the year before, before I got there um, for us to go to the Big 12 championship. But it was actually the play I didn't make is the play that sticks out to me and still haunts me to this day um, for my KU career. It was a play we went over the whole week, and I knew what the play was. But I was a true freshman, biggest game of the year for us. And I knew it, but I didn't want to jump it because I'm like, if I'm wrong, I'm a true freshman over here at DB, <laughs> and I might cost us the game. And they throw the play. I'm a second too late. They get the first down. But, um, yeah, it should have been a pick six. And uh, so that's actually what sticks out to me most, and that's just the type of guy I am. I'm used to making plays and highlights and everything, but I go back home and watch the things I didn't do. So it was the Missouri game that sticks out to me the most about the one play that I was like, if I would have made that play, it would have made not only that game but my season from being a guy moving from offense over to um, defense and basically sealing the game, would have sealed the game at that time. But, hey, we got the Todd Reese and the Kerry Meyer play out of it. So we can't be too mad about it. Yeah, what was the environment like of that game? Because it was, it was snowing, it was cold. You have the, the visiting fans with Missouri right there. Uh, you have kind of the neutral site environment. Obviously, it's a, a very big game with the rivalry. Take me through that environment and the lead-up to the game and, and everything that went on in that game that, that made it so special. Um, I think the thing that made that game super special <coughs> um, for the freshmen that year was, one, we got to watch Missouri change our whole season, right? Because you beat Missouri, you're now in the Big 12 championship. And you just need one more miracle game, as many people would call it, in a miracle season, and you're in the national championship, right? So getting to see that and knowing, hey, we got to get them back from last year. But before the game even goes, 
Um, being from Texas, which a large majority of our team is from, we know Texas and OU. That's the Red River Showdown. So we know that. And that's the rivalry we grew up watching. We watched, as just college football fans, Miami versus Florida State. And, you know, the other, you know, Ohio State versus Michigan. We get up to Kansas, and Don Frambro comes in, and he gives us a history about, oh, this is more than football. KU, Free State, Missouri, Slave State. Missouri comes down to Lawrence, does this, this, and that. And as a Texas kid, you know nothing about this, right? You're like, whoa, mm-hmm. wow. And you see somebody that's so passionate about it break out into tears. And you're like, wow, this, this is more than a football game. Then you hear more people that week, hey, I, I've lived in Kansas for 40, 50 years. I've never spent a penny in Missouri. <laughs> I hate that school. I hate that town. I hate that um, state. So that's what made it crazy. Then you show up, fans are right there, your fans are there, their fans are there, and I'm telling you, no exaggeration, five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, cussing you out walking to the stadium while standing next to the parents. And the parents egging it on. You're like, hold up, this dude's like eight years old. <laughs> it's going crazy. He's right there with his dad and his dad. Yeah, tell him. Like, tell him. So then that, then it's snowing. Um, they're pretty highly ranked that year. We're having a decent year, but not the year we had before. They're having a really good year. So then just all that leading up to it and the way we won, like that's one of the craziest environments that I've ever uh, been a part of, for sure. We're talking with Damon Patterson here on Rock Jock Sports Talk. From a, I guess, transition here, uh, you were at the end of the Mangino days, the beginning of kind of that next era of KU football. What was that like being around the program for that time? Was that was that really difficult on the players? Um, it, it's extremely difficult. When you come into any program, you wouldn't think that you would have in five years three head coaches, and then you could really say five because I played for Bowen as a DB and he was an interim head coach. I played for Beatty as a wide receiver. He became the head coach. So five guys that were head coaches at some point um, in, in KU, at KU, I played for them. So when I was picking schools, right, you would never say, hey, you know, I might play for five KU head coaches in five years. Like that, that never crosses, crosses your mind, and especially when you have, you know, other options, many other options at the time. So you were doing that, obviously, and, hey, this is the best place for me to be. We're stable. We're, we're a um, program that's on the move up. So that was extremely difficult because the time I came in, which I committed before the Orange Bowl season even started, but a lot of those guys that came in in 08 with me in 09, such as me, had, you know, top five Kings of the Nation's offers. The guys after, like Tobin O'Pong, Notre Dame, Texas, Bradley McDougal, Ohio State, Greg Brown, Florida, Alabama, whatever. So guys were really coming there because they seen the vision of where we were going. You know, before I always would tell people we had two KUs when I when I got there. There was the old KU and then the new KU. And what I mean by that was it is what it is. A lot of guys that played for KU, regardless how good they did at KU, KU was their best offer or only offer that made sense. When I got there, guys were choosing to go to KU. So it's difficult because you're like, wow, like there were a million other schools I could have went to, but I chose to be here because I really wanted to be here, not because I had to Mm -hmm. be here. So it's difficult because, you know, even when you go to Alabama or Texas, when things don't work out, you're like, dang, what if I would have went to this school? What if I would have went to that school? So you could see that with some guys being like, wow, I had 
bigger name schools and this is happening right now. So you do, it's just only human to think like, dang, what if I would have went to another school? But as crazy as it is, even with that, we didn't have guys transferring out. There was guys transferring from big name schools coming to KU while we were there. In your time at KU, do you have a, a teammate that sticks out to you as being the, the funniest guy on the team or, or maybe the guy who uh, created the funniest stories for the team? Um, I think that's easy. That was my roommate, um, A.J. Stewart. He's coaching at um, Oregon State now. He's been killing it. But um, if, if many people remember, we had our own reality show that dealt with, you know, being funny. Um, and that's how that show came about. But by far, A.J. Stewart, my roommate, we still talk, joke literally every day. That's, that's my brother, really. Um, I was the best man in his wedding. Um, his little brother's like my little brother. My little brother is like his little brother. So, we're family and we talk every day, but I think if you ask almost anybody that question that was, you know, there during that time, if he's not the first person mentioned, he would probably not get past number two being mentioned. Do you have a favorite off the field memory, whether it was something hanging out with, with AJ or I don't know, pulling a prank or, or whatever it is, uh, just off the field uh, for KU? Man, um, I think that we, we created, um, it's bigger now and it's crazy because of um, a lot of people like oh progressive the coaches are getting more progressive having fun with the uh the players so there were many things that me and aj did off the field that actually weren't liked by the admin or even some of the coaches so like when we created the uh show in the summer now you see a lot of schools having things that they do with their guys being on youtube and having shows um that one the dp and aj that was we we called ourselves c-list celebrities in Lawrence like for like that summer like we couldn't go anywhere without people knowing what we were doing because the show made it on to um, ESPN College Football Live Skip and Shannon I mean not Skip and Shannon Skip and Stephen A on first take at that time that hit us up that that was really um a cool thing me and AJ used to prank each other all the time we used to do pranks around around the city like I could go on and on about the things that me and AJ used to do we I've seen um Deion Sanders um doing like a little battle rap between the offense and the defense um, the other day on his Instagram. Me and AJ actually had created a full league of doing battle rap when it first started at KU. It was called the JRL, the Jayhawk Rap League, and I'm talking about we took it serious. So when I say we were 10 years ahead of our time, we talk about, all, talk about it all the time. I was like, if I existed in NIL right now, Regardless of having the same stats or whatever, I don't have to be no better. I would have made hundreds of thousands of dollars because of the things we did back then that kids are doing now and we were doing them at a higher level back then than they're even doing now just off the field from marketing standpoint. So we did millions of things back then that I could go on for days about. That's awesome. Well, you got to tell me who, who was the best for the Jayhawk Rap League. I, and it's, it's crazy because it would have been – it was probably me and A.J. were one and two. We always argue about who, who was one or two. Um, Steve Johnson was always in there, Deshaun Sands, uh, Bradley McDougal. Uh, but I would say probably me and A.J. because we were the ones that brought it there and we used to watch all of the battle rap. And still, I still do to this day. A.J. still does as well. But I would probably say we were one and two. But we had a lot of guys that were really good in um, – we always talk about it, even um, when we're getting ready for spring games. Um, hey, we we got to do we got to set up uh, two or three battles against the alumni as we come back just for old time's <laughs> sake. So yeah, me and AJ probably wanted to, but we had some guys that were really actually pretty good. Well, Damon, I appreciate the time, man.
Man, no, I definitely appreciate you for having me on. All right, that was Damon Patterson joining us here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Really cool catching up with him. Some really cool stories. We're going to have uh, some more of that on the Locked on Jayhawks podcast. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. One hour down, two to go with Nick Springer. I am Derek Johnson. We'll continue on with our conference previews. We've also got a couple more matchups for RCST Trivia coming at you today in the 4 o'clock hour. We'll be right back after this. We've got a couple matchups for trivia today. Well, sort of. For RCST Trivia, we are brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery, Johnny's Tavern, Jayhawk Trophy, and Kansas Lottery. We have our four bowl games starting next week with the 23rd Street Brewery Bowl, the Jayhawk Trophy Bowl, the Johnny's Tavern Bowl, and the Kansas Lottery Bowl. We also have our Heisman coming up next week. We're going to have our uh, playoff selection. I don't know if that will happen over the weekend or, or we'll do that on Monday or what. It all just depends. But a lot's going to be determined here on today's action. We have 10th-ranked Nick Duncan. Supposed to be taking on Hunter Turpin here, who is 0-3 with 13 points. Nick at 2-1 with 36 points. But Hunter was unable to make it. We heard about a minute before the matchup last week asking if he could reschedule. So that was a little too close to the deadline. We were unable to do so. This week, we just haven't heard from him. I, I He's just no-showing. So congratulations, Nick. You have uh, earned the victory. You're finishing 3-1. and one, But obviously, I'm still going to make you answer the questions for, for purposes of points and tiebreakers. Sounds good. Oh. I'll- don't like to take the win by forefoot, but I'll take the three and one. That's I'll take that. Yeah, and in a lot of other divisions, three and one would get you there. But this division's certainly been tough. So you got Ben Wilson, who's going to go later. He's ranked second. He's three and zero. Oh. Michael Plank is ranked sixth. You gave him his one loss. And if you win this, well, you did win this, so I I guess I should take that back. But uh, basically, if Michael beats Ben, there will be a three way tie for first among three and one teams. Could go to total points. So that's where the the points could matter here, um, but you still have everything in front of you. You could possibly make it to a bowl game. At the very least, you'll finish top three, which guarantees you a spot into RCST trivia for next season. So, uh, Nick, I guess before we, we get going here, does this make you uh, feel a little easier answering questions where you don't have to worry about, oh, no, if I if I miss that question, I could lose the matchup? It definitely takes pressure off a little bit, but, uh, but you still got that uh... – you still want to answer all of them right anyway. So it, it's there's no there's no rest in the starters or anything here. So I'm ready to go. All right. Well, uh, since it's just you with with Hunter not uh, showing up to this, uh, I guess I will give you both heads and tails. And congratulations, <laughs> you won the coin toss. So uh, you'll go first. You will also go first. So we'll start in the easy round. <laughs> These are worth three points in the first quarter for you, Nick. With the first name Daryl, this Jayhawk safety was named All Big 12 Honorable Mention in 2009. Daryl Stuckey. Daryl Stuckey is the correct answer on that one, and you're on the board with three points. I should probably uh, make mention of the, the points as we head into this. You have 36, Michael with 48, Ben with 56. So need a big points week for you to have a chance to, to win that tiebreaker for the top spot, maybe even a perfect, and then hope that Ben has a bad week in there. Okay, on to the uh, medium round of questions for you, Nick. Wearing number 78, this Kansas offensive tackle's strong play in 2007 led him declaring for the NFL draft after his junior season. I think that's Anthony Collins. That is Anthony Collins. Such a great 
offensive lineman for KU as part of that Orange Bowl season. Just an absolute road grader. Okay, we're going to move up into the hard round of questions. These are worth seven points. You have currently scored nine points. Once again, you've already secured the victory here. Nick, this Jayhawk punter was named all Big 12 honorable mention in 2005. Hmm. The only punter that I can think much recent would be Tucker. Is that your answer? Yep. That's a good guess. Well, I think less than a guess. That was a very much an educated guess, I think, to put it mildly. Yeah. Kyle Tucker is the right answer there, and that gets you seven, so this is big. So you're up to 16 points. That's the other part of this, too, though. It's, it's also the Heisman voting. Uh, I've been told that we have maybe two or three invites that maybe been sent in the mail. Not actually. Don't check your mailbox. But uh, that a couple of the other spots are still up for grabs. So scoring 16 at the least here in this last week going to help you in regards to that. It'd really help you if you answer a really hard question here. So, Nick, let's see if you can have a perfect week. Let's see if you can answer a really hard question. Only trailing Steven Sims and Laquiviante Gonzalez, what Jayhawk receiver finished third on the 2016 team in receiving touchdowns? Yeah, I can't. I can't even seconds. come up with a name. Twenty sixteen. You're hitting me with those like mid, mid twenty tens. Anything. Oh! They got nothing. All right. The correct answer is Chase Harrell. I had the Harrell. Uh, other part of that question for Andrew the other day. It was Shaquem Barbell for the touchdowns one. It was Chase Harrell on that one. But in the end, sixteen points. I think you got to be happy with that round anytime you can get it. Um, so Ben will still have more points than you. So uh, it would not be possible for you to win the division. But if Michael beats Ben and Ben remains ahead of Michael in total points, then Ben would win the division. And then it would go to head to head between the next second and third, which you would have over Michael. So um, you are now the biggest Michael Plank fan in the world here to try to get your bull berth. Any, any words of encouragement for Michael upcoming? Uh, <laughs> just you you know you know what you know i mean I, it's it is that's what's fun about this you just never know what what questions are going to come your way and uh, you know last week you got me on a couple coaching ones and i studied that and, and i don't get a coaching one this <laughs> week so it's that's that's the fun in it so uh, both both those guys like we talked before we came on both those guys know their stuff so I'm excited to hear that matchup and and uh either way it's 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 gonna be a good one. So well Nick, uh we appreciate you being a part of this and whether we get to talk to you next week as part of a bowl game or this was the end of your season, I think you gotta feel proud of your regular season performance going three and one. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And like I said before, thanks again, Derek. This it's a lot of fun. I I my hat's off to everyone that that competed in this. It's yeah, it's it's not as easy as just coming on here for a little bit and answering a few questions and being done with it. You know, I I think you've heard everybody uh, consistently go through and 
you know, everybody has studied and watched old film and, and it, it, it's fun. It makes you, makes you kind of go back and watch old stuff. It's, it's been fun. So thanks again, Derek. Absolutely. Well, I, I love hearing all you guys loving this event because, because that's who we're putting it on for. So congrats on, on the season. Like I said, we'll see if we see you next week, but uh 16, nothing win to finish off. Thanks for uh, joining once again and, and good job today. All right. Thank you. Nick Duncan with 16 points to finish off. He finishes three and one, 52 total points. Next up, we have the big matchup between Ben and Michael. Ben will either win and be one of two undefeated. He also, Ben, has an opportunity not just to try to win, but because Kyle had just nine points in regulation, Ben has an opportunity to maybe vault into the number one spot headed into the playoff with a big enough performance this week. But he can't really be worried about style points right now. He's just got to find a way to get the dub because if Michael Plank beats him and Michael Plank wins by enough points, Michael Plank might be heading to the playoff. It's going to get really exciting here. By the way, like, come on, please just don't no-show your matchups. Um, we, you know, there are people who have complained about questions in the past, sometimes for, you know, reasons that maybe are a little fair, that maybe it was a little easier or, or whatever. Um, and that doesn't rub us the right way, but, you know, we're, we're going to deal with it. And sometimes you might have a point if, if that's the case, and we'll keep you in trivia and whatnot. Um, now, if you complain way too much and all the time, then, yeah, we might not want you in trivia anymore. But the one avenue to not being allowed to join trivia anymore is just consistently no-showing matchups. So back-to-back no-shows, please don't do that. Anyway, let's get on to our next matchup. Ben Wilson, Michael Plank, top six matchup. College game day is there. We're brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery, Jayhawk Trophy, Kansas Lottery, and Johnny's Tavern. Once again, the prizes for our bowl contestants. If you make it to a bowl game, you're going to get a gift card to the 23rd Street Brewery. You're going to get a gift card to the to uh, Johnny's Tavern. You're going to get an engraved tumbler from Jayhawk Trophy. You're going to get a pair of tickets to the Kansas Lottery 300 at the Kansas Speedway in a couple weeks. And then if you win your bowl game, you're going to get some more gift cards. You're going to get some more tickets to the Kansas Speedway. And if you win it all, you're getting that championship trophy from Jayhawk Trophy and some KU football gear as well. This is RCST Trivia and Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening in on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. This is the College Game Day where RCST Trivia is at. We are brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery, Kansas Lottery, Jayhawk Trophy, and Johnny's Tavern. We have two top six teams. Michael Plank's ranked sixth. He's 2-1 and one with 48 points. Ben Wilson is ranked second. He is 3-0 and oh with 56 points. And you know, unfortunately, only one of you guys is going to go to the playoff. And it, who knows? It, I, I guess uh, we'll wait and see on the tiebreaker. Nick Duncan won his earlier matchup, so he's 3-1 and one as well. But by total points, he needs Michael to win. And if that happened, Ben has more total points than Nick does. So Nick can't win the, the tiebreaker for the three-way tie, but he could still make a bowl game. So any of you three could still get the, the two slots to play next week. And... um how the, the tiebreaker would work. So, Ben, if, if you win, you win today, you finish 4-0, you'd be one of two undefeated teams, then it's easy as that. You win the division, and at that point, Nick would finish second and earn a bull bid. Michael, if you win today, there would be a three-way tie between yourself, Ben, and Nick, all at 3-1, and one, and then it would go to total points, to which Ben currently has the most. You are eight points behind him. And Nick uh, has 52 points after today. You have 48. So you're four behind him, but with correct answers today, you move in front of him. But part of the issue for you, Michael, is that 
if Ben wins the tiebreaker, if you're all tied and he still has more points because you would have beaten Ben, Ben would have beaten Nick, Nick would have beaten you, and Ben has the most points, then for second, it goes to the head-to-head amongst the two remaining teams, which Nick would have over you. So, Michael, you need to not only win today, you need to win by eight or more points to get by Ben. So, um, I don't know if that goes into the strategy at all. I'll even leave this up to you guys if you just want to answer only really hards for four rounds and make it kind of interesting (laughs) here. Um, But, Ben, I'll start with you here. You have the undefeated season on the line, possible division championship on the line, but you could still go through if you have a good enough performance, even in a possible loss because of the tiebreaker system. But also, the possible number one seed is on the line. Kyle Coffey, who's ranked number one, is undefeated as well, but he only scored nine points this week. So he's at 65 total points. You guys have the same amount of points coming into the week. If you get more than that, there's a good chance you're going to be the number one seed, which I don't know how much that matters, but uh, Ben, how how nervous are you heading into this matchup? And does that moniker of having the number two next to your name, being undefeated, does that make it more challenging for you to, to contain those nerves? I think it makes it almost more exciting because I know everything's in front of me. Just got to take care of uh, business today, and then I will have a chance in the playoff, whatever seed that may be. A little disappointed that I'm not on the Heisman projections right now. Scott Chase and uh, not giving me much love, but yeah, it's, it's all good. Maybe today I'll change his mind. Yeah, that's in it too. The Heisman is part of this as well. So, Michael, uh, knowing what's in front of you here, it's going to be a challenge. Are you up for it? Well, I don't know if we're up for it or not, but we're sure going to give it the old college try. You know, we uh, we did a little bit of team prep. We listened to some of the uh, some of the contests over the week last week, and we knew some of the real hard. So, we're just hoping for some luck from the football gods, and uh, we'll see where it takes. Well, um, I, I don't know if this affects either of you guys' strategies at all, but hypothetically, knowing that you have to win by by eight or more here, if this hypothetically goes into overtime, Michael, and you get the option of the first category, would you try to answer a really hard? Yeah, I think that's got to be the strategy for sure. All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll get into this. Like I said, this is the college game day matchup. I saw Lee Corso putting on Ben's head earlier. It was an, it was an odd sight to see, but... Michael, you can use that as motivation. Extra chip on your shoulder. All right. So I have the coin, which is a coin app. Somebody stole my coin here. I've been talking about it all week. Uh, Michael, I'm going to give you the option to choose heads or tails. Oh, let's go heads. Okay. It is tails. And that means, Ben, you have the option if you want to go first or you want to go second. Uh, I like going first. I'll take the ball. Okay. Did that work out for you, Michael? Would you have gone second anyway? Yeah, sure. We'll, we'll take it. We'll take All right. it. All right. Kind of like you defer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Into the first quarter. These are worth three points in the easy round. First up for you, Ben. A Lawrence Free State graduate and a KU linebacker from 2015 to 2018. Name this Jayhawk who is the school's career leader for tackles for loss. Maybe Joe Deneen. Would be Joe Deneen. Fun little high school teams of Free State with Deneen and Bryce Tornaden. Okay, Michael, for you, three-pointer. Get you on the board. A native Kansan and a former quarterback, this KU receiver in 2008 logged three double-digit catching games. Uh, that sounds like Kerry Meyer. It is Kerry Meyer. Former KU quarterback from Pittsburgh, Kansas. And we are so- tied at three. 
Headed into the second quarter we go. This is the medium round. These are worth six points. First up for you, Ben. This 1992 All-Big 8 safety also saw his son play at Kansas from 2016 to 2021. What's his name? Kwame Lasseter. Kwame Lasseter is the correct answer. Kwame Lasseter the second was the name of his son and the receiver who just finished up. Seems to be doing well with the Cincinnati Bengals so far. Okay, Mike, for you, for six points. This 1992 All-Big 8 offensive tackle also saw his son play linebacker at Kansas from 2015 to 2018. Is that Deneen? Unfortunately, no. That's a good guess because Deneen is a long fit. Does the name Keith Loniker? Oh, I should have got that. Yeah. All right, a couple dads there. You're not totally out of it yet, Michael. You need a good finish here, though. All right, Ben, for you. Name this Jayhawk who led the 2013 team with six and a half sacks. 2013. My first inkling is Jake Laptad, but now I'm thinking he would have been gone. 2013. Augustano could have been in there. Oh. Ten seconds. Definitely not Laptad. Laptad was gone. Um, I'll go Kibo Augustano. <laughs> that was uh, a fun one in the really hard, but no, this time it is Michael Reynolds. Michael Reynolds, Scott. Okay, Michael, you needed that from Ben. Opportunity to get back into things here, but I believe you have to answer these next two questions correctly. For a chance to, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, Michael, yeah. name this Jayhawk who led the 2013 team with five interceptions. Hmm. That have been. Johnson, maybe Isaiah Johnson. That is correct. So when you started saying Johnson, I know normally I take the last name. That would have been a generic one I would have had to ask you for the first yeah. name, but you got around to it on your <laughs> that own. That so it worked out. All right. Woo! Coming down to the really hard. Michael with 10 points, Ben with nine. This has all sorts of repercussions. These are worth eight points in the really hard. This is going to matter for Heisman voting. This is going to matter for Ben if you win the matchup, if you get the number one seed. Ben, if you hit this, you clinch the division because even if Michael hits it and wins the matchup, you would have the total points. Michael, you need him to miss this. But even if he does hit it, Michael, like I said, could come into play for you possibly winning the Heisman. Okay, Ben, really hard to you. Who owns the KU record for most receiving touchdowns in one game with four of them Doing so in 1989 against Louisville. Man, I don't know. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on any names from the late 10 80s. seconds. This isn't good. This isn't good at all. 
Uh, Darren Green. Well, at least you got something out there. The correct answer is Quentin Smith. All right, Michael, you've secured the win, but you need to hit this for the tiebreaker to win the division. Michael, for all the marbles, as as uh, I think, you know, we don't have the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl, but Brent Musburger once said, for all the Tostitos. All right, Michael, what Jayhawk broke the record at the time, so when he was playing, for receiving yards in a game when he had 208 of them against Kansas State in 1983. I'm going to go with Johnson again. Was it Bob Johnson? It is Bob Johnson. My last name coming through in the clutch for Michael Plank. And an unbelievable turnaround victory. You needed Ben to miss both. You needed to hit both. And Ben, who's been putting up 16s and 24s every week, picked a tough week to to have a niner. And Michael, with an unbelievable performance. And, and talk about a Heisman moment there at the end. Michael, congratulations with your 18-9 to victory. You move one point ahead of Ben. You have the tiebreaker. You won the division. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, man. I don't even know what to say. Well, I, I mean, both of you guys should I, – I, I've talked about this kind of off-air to a couple people. Next year, we're going to expand the playoff. We're going to go to eight teams so that the top two in each division make it. And I think this is a perfect division that shows why. Both of you guys yeah, deserve absolutely. to be in the playoff. You absolutely do. Yeah. I'm sorry that we, we can't have it that way. Um, but, I don't know, I guess we could make some last minute – who's stopping me? I'm the creator of this thing. Maybe we could just make all That's the bowl right. games the playoff. I don't know. We'll we'll talk it over. We'll talk it over. So it is a possibility. But, Michael, thoughts on this matchup? Did you think you were were dead to rights after the first half was over? Oh, yeah. When I missed Loniker, I was just, oh, man, today's not going to be my day. But (sighs) defense came through, I guess. I I don't know what happened there. Yeah, well, Ben, uh, emotions. I I know this has got to be tough with the way that one finished. Oh, it's, it's very tough. These first three weeks, I, I felt smooth, didn't miss any of the hards actually at all until today is my first hard miss I've had. Obviously, missed it really hard as well. So uh, definitely a, a letdown, a bummer. Uh, coming up short this year, uh, you know, you want to be in the playoffs. And so it's, it's, it's a disappointment for sure. Well, uh, you do have the head-to-head over Nick for second. So whether we – and again, I'm going to talk about this. We'll make a final decision tomorrow what we do as, as far as the playoff goes or the bowl games or whatnot. But um, you're at least secured a bowl game. So that's the positive there. You are going to move on to that. So Nick, unfortunately, at three and one, not going to make it. If the questions would have been reversed at all there. So if you would have had the uh, Isaiah Johnson one or the Bob Johnson ones there, Ben, would you have gotten either one of those right? No, in my mind, I was going Bradley McDougal in, in 2013. Uh, good safety played in the NFL for a lot of years. So I was going, I, I would have guessed him. Um, and then now uh, the 80s. Yeah, that, that was a week for me. Mike, if, if it would have been reversed, just hypothetically, because uh, you would have had to answer both right anyway, would you have got the Michael Reynolds or would you have gotten the Quentin Smith? You know, honestly, I don't think I would have gotten either one of those. <laughs> I, I really don't. Um, I'm sure that makes you feel better, Ben. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, oh, that was rough. That was, that, was, that was fun, Ben. That was fun, yeah. 
Well, guys, we'll see both of you next week in some form or fashion for bowl games. That was, I just, I feel so excited for you, Michael. I feel just absolutely heartbroken for you, Ben, because that is that is such a tough way for uh, the regular season to finish for you. Hey, that that's sports, right? Yeah, that's why they play. Yeah, it is. Well, guys, unbelievable matchup, unbelievable regular season from both of you. Uh, good luck next week. Thank you. Appreciate it, Eric. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thanks, Derek. Good stuff, good luck, guys. Mike. Thanks, Ben. I'm going to need it. Man, like I said, just uh, absolutely heartbroken for Ben with the way that one finished. Literally, once we got to halftime, Ben had the 9-3 lead. He just needed one of four things to go right, either answering one of the two or hoping Michael missed one of the two. And they all went wrong for him. And he had such a phenomenal regular season all the way through. He uh, finished with 65 points, which tied him with Kyle for second most. The most points go to Michael Plank, I believe, at at 66. Actually, I want to say Chris Yurchek might have got to 66. Yeah, Chris Yurchek, oddly enough, um, had 66 points. And he uh, doesn't even get to go to a bowl game because of some of the tiebreakers and stuff. So that's that's really unfortunate for Chris there. Justin Nichols actually has the most with 67. So Justin Nichols, 67 the most. Blake Farrell goes tomorrow. He's got a chance at it with 56. And then you have Kyle Coffey, Ben Wilson with 65, just behind Chris Yurchek and Michael Plank with 66. Unbelievable matchup, though, to finish. Thank you for joining us for Rock Chalk Sports Talk Trivia. We'll get back to uh, some more RCST after this timeout. You're listening on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Joined now by Zach Boyer of the Lawrence Journal Worlds. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. When you're taking a look at, at KU this season and trying to figure out how many games they're going to win, how successful they're going to be, how competitive. What would you say is the biggest like swing skill or swing position or, or however you want to kind of view that that you think could happen in the season, either from a good standpoint or a bad standpoint, where if this goes well, it's hard to see them not being a, a much better team versus if this doesn't go well, it's hard to see them being much better than they were last year. Like, What would that swing skill have to be for this team? Yeah, that's a really good question, and I've never really considered that very much. And so my first reaction is to go to the run defense, right? Because if you look at what they did last year, um, it, it was it was not great, right? You know, they were last in the Big 12 and stopping the run. And you think Big 12 and stopping the run, well, okay, great. But, you know, you look at the way offenses are designed. Everybody uses the run to build up the pass and set up the pass. And the coaching staff believes so much in having a more stout run defense will help them tremendously for everything else that they're going to uncover. And if you look at it too, I mean, their defensive tackles are the same guys in the last couple of years, but so many of them are 60 year seniors or 50 year seniors. So they're older, they're more reliable, right? They know what they're doing in the scheme. Um, you look at even the, the, the edge rushers, you look on the defensive end, Monty Phelps, Malcolm Lee. Uh, uh, these guys think that the, they're more geared toward being a more complete player, right? They're not just focused on getting the backfield. They know what their assignments are. They know, you know, when guys are, how to play schemes. They just know the fundamentals of the defense, right? And then you look at the linebackers and they've got five or six guys they fully believe are starting quality linebackers. And they didn't have that a year ago because they've added so many by the transfer portal. So I think the thing that if they're going to be able to succeed have steps towards success, maybe even just a marked improvement. The thing that's going to be crucial to them doing that is being able to stop the run. 
because once they stop the run, they can force teams in these obviously passing situations. Um, they think they've got now the secondary. They can they can hang with with Big Twelve receivers. So I think if you're going to look at some regard, that's probably got to be where it starts. Do you think they have done enough to to get that overhaul? I mean, clearly they should be better than they were last year, but I guess to what you're talking about, like it can't just be slightly better. Like it has to be a lot better. Yeah, it has to be markedly better, right? So do I think they have enough? That's, that's what we got to see, right? So many people, and maybe this is a convenient excuse for them, but so many people point to Sam Burt's injury last year, his broken arm, as being a reason why they weren't so good in the run because against the run because Sam Burt is a good run stopper. Might be true, might not be true, but they seem to believe it is, so you know, roll with it. I think that the biggest impact you're going to see is going to be at that second level, at linebacker, because Eric Gilliard from UCF, he is an old school smash mouth run stuffing guy. He loves to stop the run, right? He's a stout guy. He's five foot 11. He's, I don't know. Uh, I haven't thought about his weight. I'm, I'm guessing roughly two thirty. Um, he's a guy who loves doing that, right? Lorenzo McCaskill is another guy they've got from Louisiana who was an all second team Sunbelt player last year. Same kind of guy, a little bit taller, a little bit thinner, but a muscular physical player. The coaches told a story where I think Leipold it was who said McCaskill had to be told in practice, you know, you, you got to tone it down, man. We're not wearing pads. And he says, Oh, I don't need pads. And they're like, well, yeah, but the other guys do. Right. So they love the physicality. They love the contact. They love the guys coming up the middle and then shutting them down. So, and they do it. I mean, we've got, you know, it's not going to be very long before we figure that out, whether or not they can, but they've got guys who like doing it. And if they've got guys who like doing it and happen to be good at it, that's a, a pretty good start to, to having success. If the Lance Leipold's Jalen Daniels duo of Kansas having their best coach in a long time, Jalen Daniels maybe being the best KU quarterback in a long time, maybe being a top half quarterback in the Big 12, if that duo lives up to the hype this season, how many wins is just having, like if you just go into a season and say, oh, they have a good coach, they have a good quarterback, like how many wins do you think that alone could be worth for KU? Yeah, well, I mean, there's a reason why they say it's the most important position in sports, right? If you don't have a quarterback, you are, you're stuck. You've got nothing to move the offense, score points, whatever it might possibly be. I think, I think Daniel's competency is, it's really key to a lot of what they want to do, right? And I'm not saying that they didn't have that last year. Because Jason Bean, by all accounts, is a, is a fine enough player. And, and we know what Jalen Daniels did over the last three games last season. But the variable is they only had really from the summer on to install the offense. And everything that they say, by all accounts, the coaching staff, the players, was so very vanilla that they weren't blowing the doors off of anybody. It was predictable. It wasn't complicated because they just didn't have the time to install what they wanted to do. Now, Jalen Daniels is a guy who – he takes playing quarterback very seriously and his charge from the minute last season ended was he went underwent ankle surgery. He got better. He missed a couple of weeks of camp, but he knew that he needed to spend the next six months really focusing on being able to play the position at a competent level. He went back to Los Angeles, back home. He worked with the private quarterbacks coach that he's known for four or five years now. They worked on slowing the game down. They worked on addressing defenses and, and, and taking what's there. They worked on things like not throwing the ball 195 miles an hour when just a simple pass will do. They worked on tight windows. They worked on footwork. They worked on 
uh, arm, the throwing motion, you know, a short arm circle will lead to a zippier pass, planting, uh, making sure the stride is not too long, right? Um, so all of these things go into his understanding that being able to play the position competently is what's going to lead his offense. And I think the thing that strikes me the most about all of that, because all of that is what you would expect of a quarterback. But there was one occasion when I was talking to him, I think it might have been in Dallas for media days, which would have been six weeks ago now. And he said, I asked him, when do you start looking at stuff in terms of Big 12 teams? When do you start looking at the film of West Virginia, of Iowa State, of TCU? He said he had already started doing that. And I thought that was kind of interesting because I don't, you know, I'm not in the quarterback room. I don't know what these guys are going through. I'm not in the room with them until 11 o'clock at night. It'd be really fascinating to find out how they study and how they approach things. But that to me, that a guy was looking in mid-July and probably earlier than that at games that were on the schedule from mid-October, mid-November, just to lie down the principles of what the defenses are running so we can understand them better shows that he's taking that mental leap right? That he understands what's now being asked of him. So I don't think it's necessarily having a competent quarterback or a quality quarterback or whatever. The biggest key is having a quarterback that knows what he's doing. And if Jalen Daniels does indeed know what he's doing and is taking steps toward being the player that those around him believe he can be, I think that's mostly what you want out of the quarterback at this time of year. We're talking with Zach Boyer in the LJ world and KUSports.com. Um, what do you view as the floor then versus the ceiling outcome, both in terms of like what would have to go so wrong for the floor to hit? What would have to go so right for the ceiling to hit? Like where's the the two outcomes there? Well, I think, you know, in all my years of being, of being around football, you know, goes back to 05 and, and many stops, many places. The, the, the most disastrous seasons are the ones where the injuries strike, right? Where the injuries strike at key positions or you don't have the depth and somebody goes down and you can't replace him whatever it might possibly be. And, and the, the unfortunate thing for anybody is you can never know when that's going to happen. You can't predict that stuff, right? You can say all you want about great strength and conditioning coaches and great workout plans and everything, the calisthenics, the plyometrics, the kinesiology aspect of it. You can say all that all you want and believe that you're, you're fully in shape and you're in the best shape of your life and whatever, because you hear all of that all the time now with these training camp weeks, but you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. So, you know, if the bottom were to fall out, I would have to imagine it's going to be some kind of crazy injury related situation. And, and that's where the team thinks it has adequate depth at most positions to be able to withstand that. You know, again, this is a building program, so you're not going to have the quality of depth that someone like Oklahoma or obviously beyond that Alabama, Clemson, the big schools would have. So I think if you're looking at a floor. Worst case scenario is you're losing a bunch of guys. People are getting hurt left and right. And that's, that's a disaster. So beyond that, you know, if you're looking at uh, achievable things, right. Or, or I guess a lack of achievement, you're looking at uh, maybe Jalen Daniels doesn't develop well, right. There are issues with his games. Maybe he's careless with the ball. Maybe he doesn't make the right reads, you know, maybe the running back situation that's so highly vaunted because they think they've got five guys there. Maybe they can't figure out the right way to use those guys. Maybe the wide receivers who haven't caught more than 27 passes in a season because they're all fairly unproven. Maybe those guys don't pan out the way that you want, or maybe nobody emerges as being a quality player. Turnover strike, right? Maybe the defense still can't stop anybody in any phase of the game. Maybe Kenny Logan's still stuck having 113 tackles. So there's a million things that can go wrong, right? And, and, and we've seen those things happen around this, these parts for the past 15 years. So we know when things go wrong, they can go wrong quickly. So if you're looking at a floor, look, I don't see that there's any way that they lose to Tennessee Tech. 
they went three and eight last season and they're in the OVC, the FCS team. That's, that's not going to happen. Right. And that's, I guess, you know, right away, if it does, you're looking at a disaster, but you could find ways that they lose to every other single team on the schedule. So I think floor, you know, one and 11, but I think it would take kind of a, a, a weird series of circumstances for that to happen this year. What would lead you to believe they've had more success? If I could guarantee you one of these two, Jalen Daniels threw for 30 touchdown passes or Devin Neal ran for 1,600 yards, which would be a new KU single season record. Which of those two would lead you to believe they had the better season? Well, so 30 touchdown passes is going to be what? That's two and a half a game. Yeah. So you're looking at 20 points right there. I mean, that's not a lot given the offenses you're going to face in the Big 12, but I think that's a start given where they were, right? And, and so I say that's probably a, a good start. I think Devin Neal rushing for 1,600 yards. I just I don't I don't see how that would happen if only because I think Kai Thomas is going to get a lot of carries and a lot of work, and Daniel Hyshaw is probably going to get a, a decent amount of carries and a decent amount of work. And then how they use Savion Morrison and Tory Lachlan is is really undetermined. But I, I I get an inkling that they're going to use them more as as passing targets than they might as running backs. So I mean feasibly, I don't know that Neil would get to that number. So I, I feel like I want to kind of defer to the touchdown passes with Daniels. But again, can, can, can 20, 18, 19, 20 points on them alone, on him alone, can, can that lead you to success in the conference? I don't, I don't know, because I think there's so many still questions about the running, uh, the, the defense rather, um, and their ability to stop the run. So I, I probably don't with the quarterback, but I, I don't feel like either of those is going to be a sole predictor of success for this team. He is Zach Boyer. You can check out all his work, especially with the start of KU football season just next week in the LJ world and at KUsports.com. Zach, I appreciate you being kind with your time as always, man, and uh, looking forward to talking to you more as the season starts up. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it. This was fun. That was Zach Boyer, LJ world, KUsports.com, joining us here on Rock Shock Sports Talk. This is RCST. Let's take a time out when we come back. Second edition of Florida Man Mad Libs. You're listening to Rock Shock Sports Talk on KLWN. It's a Thursday. That time on a Thursday, we're going to have our second ever edition of Florida Man Mad Libs. Sam Speck with us now in the studio, along with Nick Springer and myself, Derek Johnson. I am, I'm pumped. I'm so pumped. So Nick uh, beat me up pretty good in week one, but now I'm in the chair that he was in, so maybe that's where the good luck is on. Oh, that's on true. My side. That's a good point. <laughs> maybe it's the placement. Maybe it's where you're at this week. We did make some slight changes just so we can kind of fly through things a little bit more, just so the points are a little bit more concise, and then also we can elaborate on things. So I did redact last week's points down just slightly, so Nick, you do have a 4-2 to two advantage so far. So Yeah, Jake, are we keeping like a cumulative? Oh, yes. I think we should. That's, that's mm-hmm. the, yeah, okay. So we're okay. keeping an accumulative. Yeah. Um, I thought also would like to keep track of like just matchups so like he's so one and one oh. yeah so right? one and oh but the overall score is four yeah. to two so we have it all we have I'll all that one yeah, there you go. so there you go. and then again we did try, kind of change the uh oh it's the same concept you know the mad libs and uh, taking redacted words away from a, a a headline and then them having to fill it in but we just kind of changed the format so we can fly through things so boys do you want to hear my favorite ones of the week and then we'll get into round one oh, yes. let's go let's okay go. Let's all right so police say a man with no arms or legs is armed and dangerous, and he's oh, on the that's run. That's a rude headline. <laughs> and he's also on the run. So not only is he armed and dangerous, but he uh, has. Uh, he's also on the run with no arms or legs. So that one's. But uh, also, oh, here's boy. here's a good one for you, Derek. You may have seen this mm-hmm. one on Facebook. NASA's sending a probe to Uranus to learn more about the gassy mm-hmm. planet. How's that one? 
Uh, somebody had fun with that. <laughs> do you not think these things through? Like, did they not read it before they hit you, publish? You want, you want me to be I honest? I think they definitely this, did read that one. This one was like, actually a, uh, it's out of uh, an, an old news station that uh, I partnered with, KAKE News out of Wichita. Mm. So that's a Kansas news story. Oh, here we that go. ain't no Florida man yeah, news I'm from story. But let's get to the Florida man headlines here, boys. All right. So first round is just one one answer question and then we'll get to the second round and then we'll be able to elaborate more but this is quote unquote kind of the tiebreaker the first round so i'm going to give you a headline with one redacted word and then a couple of more uh words that you need to fill in so here is your first round headline here boys so a man breaks into his ex's house and was arrested after blanking on belongings Hmm. Okay. 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 So again, man breaks into his ex's house and was Not arrested sure I after can say it on air. Belongings. <laughs> <laughs> we, haven't, okay. we haven't heard the options yet. So we have pouring gasoline. We have laying, just laying. Mm-hmm. And again, that's invading somebody's space, just being in the house okay. by any means. Yeah. Defecating. There was a worse word that I could have used, but we'll just go with that one. Or urinating. So, again, a man breaks into his ex's house and was arrested after blanking on belongings. Those blanks were pouring gasoline, laying, defecating, or urinating on the belongings. Who do we start with here? Who's got that? I think we've right. got a nice I think Nick starts. Listen. He's got the lead. All right, Let's listen. I think with these types of headlines, the first thing you go straight to is, is like urinating or defecating or something. So, I think it's a trick. I'm picking pouring gasoline. I think... He probably broke in there. Like, wouldn't it make sense? You break up with somebody, you want to destroy their stuff, right? So I'm going to go with pouring gas. It's a pretty intense reaction, but I, 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 it's valid I, at I, least. Listen, it, I'm not it's condoning happened by I'm, not, I'm not condoning it by any, in any sense of the word. All right, just, Derek, a man breaks with. into his ex's house and was rested after blanking on belongings, pouring gasoline, laying, defecating, or urinating. What do we got? So if we're following the trend of last week, we'll see if this this continues. Oh, okay. The first one you did the most boring, and then it was all exciting after that. So I'm just going to say lame. Lang. Yeah. Uh, interesting. I mean, Gentlemen, this is this is maybe the first time that I can say this. Neither of you are correct. Oh, man. It, so it was like just defecating. It was or, the worst that of worst that you could uh, think here, gentlemen. And which man. is worse? Nick, what do you think is worse between urinating or defecating on somebody's belongings? Oh, well. Urinating. You think so? Yeah, defecating, you can easily pick it up. I don't know. Maybe he squashed it around well, a little bit. I, I, or liked it. I was thinking more <laughs> yeah. along the lines of what did like, he eat? What did he eat? Yeah, yeah I, right, I was Taco thinking Bell more along before. the lines of smell. Like, which would be more difficult to get the smell? I uh, was defecating. He got a scrub with the yeah. So it was defecating. Here's the full headline: Man breaks into ex's house and was arrested after defecating on her belongings. That is just that is terrible. rude. Yeah, that is, that is pretty bad. rude. That is just mm. disrespectful. That is. Oh, my goodness. All right, boys. None of you won the tiebreaker here. <laughs> so I do actually have a preliminary tiebreaker if we need it, but I will explain that later. So let's okay. get into the second round. Two words let's roll. will be redacted on each of these headlines. So here's the first round. A man tries to walk out of a store with a blank in his blank. Ooh. Yeah, you guys can get really creative with this one if you would like. So we'll start with the first redacted word. A man tries to walk out of a store with a blank in his blank. So the first blank Trying to walk out of a store with a chainsaw, a hamster, or a <laughs> corn snake hmm. in his blank. So three very different things. Uh, However, all right. we haven't even gotten to the second one, I, so it could be I, possible. I think I don't think it's chainsaw. But I my guess I think I'm gonna go with hamster. He you know, here's a guy who's down on his luck, he's feeling bad. <laughs> 
He needs something to cheer him yeah, up. That was the reasoning. He was just like, <laughs> he needs something to cheer him up. And he's got a hamster, and he's like, hey, man, this hamster is really making my day a lot better. I'm going hamster. But where was that hamster is well, the biggest well, question. We will cross <laughs> that bridge when we get there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would like to solve the puzzle. Oh, I like this. So we got a Okay, hang on a second. This, no. again, well, it's not I, a, I'll play by the rules. Okay. But for okay, the record, so the I want it said that it's hamster up the uh. Okay. So, a hamster is my answer. Have you seen this headline? No, I have not. No, no. <laughs> However, there, there, there is quite a bit of booty. There is quite a bit of drugs in today's headlines. So be prepared. So I think he is taking a preemptive action huh? into this. It's probably wrong. It might be right. Huh? Okay. All right, so what's right. The, I don't know. So the first one, the so what point? did you go? You went with hamster? We both went hamster. Both you hamster. both went yeah. hamster. Okay, with hamsters. Man tries to walk out of a store with a hamster in his behind. Absolutely. That was my first one. Pants or hat are the other three. So a man tries to walk out of I a mean, store you know where I'm at. with a blank in his either bum, I think pants, or hat. I'm going to go full ratatouille. It's in his hat. <laughs> Ooh, in his hat. In his hat. Gentlemen. I'm pretty disappointed in you. Both of you are zero for zero. What? Oh, my god! And this first one. Is it a chainsaw? It is a chainsaw. So <laughs> it is 100% no chainsaw. And no. I don't think you can fit a chainsaw on your bum. That, I don't think you can so fit a chainsaw in like, your hat. What? Here's the entire headline of its own. Man tries to walk out of a store with a chainsaw in his pants. So what? here was the first round of the second one because I tried to throw you off. I can't Here, even, very, very. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, I can't even wrap my brain around that one. Like, well, what, e I mean, e is there? Am I missing something? Can you have like a? Is there a miniature chainsaw so that you can just? I don't know, actually. I mean, to be honest, there probably is. And in fact, if you actually see, were to Google, and I hope we don't have to explain it, but if you were to Google the actual reason why a chainsaw was invented back in the day, you would actually be very, very surprised. Uh, we don't have to go into it by any means. But I'm curious, but I'm going to wait until we're... See, yeah, there this. you go. Here's and those my, were handheld ones. Here's so. my guess for the motive here. The motive here was that he lost a bet, and they were like, you have to try to steal the most <laughs> inconspicuous item that you possibly can. Because he's like, I'm never going to get away with this. So maybe, just, maybe... That's what I'm saying. Like, what I, I, I don't understand... Like. There's got to be some other factor here to which the guy thought he was going to get away with a chainsaw. Well, maybe I'm thinking he's a little bit desperate here. So he borrowed his neighbor's chainsaw, right? And something and happened to the chainsaw. So he's like, you know what? I gotta, I'm got i short on funds. I don't got much here. I got to get this baby out of here. Where's the one place I'm trying to hide it? Just throws it underneath his sweatpants or something like that. I don't know. All right, boys. Round number two. You both, you're you struggling here. Both of you are struggling. We yeah, got zero, a, zero. We got nil, nil yeah, here. I came in this week a little overconfident from yeah. last week. Florida man, mm, here we go. we go. Florida man charged with assault with a deadly weapon after throwing a blank through a blank's window. So again, a Florida man was charged with assault with a deadly weapon after throwing a blank. That's the first blank through okay. a blank's window. Okay. So we'll start with the first one. Florida man charged with assault with a deadly weapon after throwing either a lit mortar shell firework, <laughs> a snow globe. Or an alligator. <laughs> Again, we start uh, with Florida man here. So, uh, my thought process is, if we're if we're defining it as a deadly weapon, I don't think a snow globe qualifies. If it's if he got charged with assault with a deadly smart. weapon, I kind of I kind of see that. I don't think a snow globe qualifies. Like if I chuck a snow globe at you, am I going to get arrested for a 
assault with a deadly weapon? I will ask, though. It, it, however, in the manner that you act upon with that certain item, wouldn't it then become a deadly yeah, weapon? Yeah, like if you throw glow. See, I think if you throw if a it snow was like globe a hard enough at someone. If it was a brick, I'd be like, okay, head. brick, brick, I could get on board with. But a snow globe? I still think you could do similar damage with a brick from a snow globe. I mean, snow globe is glass, sometimes hard wood. They got liquid in there. I mean, you're, you're doing some damage there. But nonetheless, again, starting okay. with the first one, All he right. threw either a lit mortar shell firework a snow globe or an alligator? I'm going with the lit border shell firework okay. because I think I think the alligator is intended to throw us off because it's you started the headline with the Florida man, so it's like Florida alligator. Okay, so I'm that's why I don't think it's that, and I'm sticking to my guns on the theory that the snow globe does not qualify. So I'm going with a lit mortar shell. So I was between alligator and snow globe. That's, I think that's interesting. That- I mean, the, I, I get what you're saying. Like a snow globe is not a gun or a sword, but I don't think they view it. I don't think they view the definition as it has to be something that traditionally. No, would kill I, I understand that, but like, uh, I mean, like I said, like a brick, I understand, but a, a snow globe. I'm really? going snow globe. I'm going snow globe. There it goes, snow oh, globe. Boy. Okay, so we got a difference. We got Nick with a lit mortar shell firework, and then Derek with a snow globe. So a Florida man charged with assault with a deadly weapon after throwing, again, either the firework or snow globe through a blank's window. Here are those windows. Either a police cruiser's window, (laughs) a drive-through window, or a Buffalo Wild Wings lobby window. So you guys have some options here. Okay. So again, Again, you got to think here. Alligator... (laughs) <laughs> Snow globe or firework going through a window. Change my an- first answer to no, alligator. You cannot. I think you're pretty locked That's, in. You're banned. I think you're pretty locked That's in. Part of the rules of the game. You're not allowed to change your uh, whatever your first. Because these think about it. On an, if you're in an actual Mad Lib is when you're writing it down as you go. You're not allowed to go uh, back and true. change your answer. I like that. I like that. Not allowed to go back and change actually. your answer. That's a good one. Okay, so second All one right. again. What window did they throw it through? Either a police cruiser's window, a drive-through, or a Buffalo Wild Wings lobby. I am going with Buffalo Wild Wings lobby, and here's why. Okay. And here, here's why. You said a firework through Buffalo Wild Wings. A firework Wildly. through Buffalo Wild They had to throw that pretty hard. Okay, because here, here's here's the logic behind this. You guys may be aware of the fact that there was a chicken wing shortage for quite some time. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a man who ordered some chicken wings, and Buffalo Wild Wings either was out of the chicken wings, or I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Buffalo Wild Wings, for a long time, they would do Tuesday night BOGO. They got rid of that because there was a chicken wing shortage. Yep. So maybe this guy wanted his BOGO chicken wings, and they wouldn't give it to him. So he said, you know what? I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to show you mm. with a fancy firework in your face. Bam. Well, Buffalo and we, we are only about a month and a half, separa- uh, two months separated from 4th of July. So, again, these, exactly. these are this, kind of current this, headlines. Yeah, and this they was over the summer. Ago, over the like summer that. was the chicken wing shortage. I'm telling you. The guy wanted chicken wings, and he couldn't get them. So, Derek, you're wings. left in an interesting position here because now that we're left with the second set of questions, you had picked Snow Globe however you want to change to maybe alligator. No, I'll stick however, with it. I'll stick with it. Well, no, Snow, you can't change it. That's mm-hmm. the thing. However, if you want to strategically maybe think, maybe if I was oh, thinking I alligator, yeah. where would I go here to maybe get the point if Snow Globe is wrong? Because, again, neither okay, of you okay. have a point so far. Yeah, so maybe this we is our strategy. We are struggling. So you had firework in the first, you had snow globe, you've got Buffalo Wild Wings on the second one, and Derek, again, which did he throw a, either uh, through a police cruiser's drive through or a Buffalo Wild Wings window? And you said snow globe initially, but again, you can kind of strategically pick the second one. <laughs> I'll go police cruiser. <laughs> police cruiser it is. Gentlemen. 
We are O for wow. five. Oh, shit. We are O for five right no now. No way. And to be honest, I was I was at the same kind of level with you, Nick, thinking about this was when I was in it, which is why I tried to come up with another term for it. So a Florida man charged with assault with a deadly weapon after throwing an alligator through a drive through window. He must have been... I mean, they must have been out of nuggets where a McDonald's ice cream machine was broken I got, or I got something psyched, like that. I got psyched or, out by the Florida man, and so I didn't go with alligator. See, sometimes it's all man, about the charade. Tough. It's all about the distraction. Okay, but that makes means. sense. The guy, he maybe had a pet alligator with him. I mean, why wouldn't you just take it with you? Why not? You live in Florida. That's what amazes McDonald's, me. Is the, I, the ice cream machine's broken at McDonald's. That Here, makes sense. Here's my alligator. Sick him. That's what... That's okay, what, wait. What do you say <laughs> to an alligator to go... You know, you, would you say sick him? Would you say go... What do you say? Like, go, why is there an bike. alligator in your go. car in the first go. place right now? Nick? I don't understand Florida at all. Like, why is there an alligator in your car in the first place? It doesn't make <clears> sense. <throat> and then if it's your pet, you just say later, Doug, and you let no, your see, alligator you, go. I'm so you mad at you that you just said later, Doug, when you could have said later, Gator. Oh my uh, gosh, I did. Uh, I didn't even realize it. But seriously, what do, you, what do you say? Get, go get him. Go attack. Sick him, bud, Sick him. or something like that. But it's an alligator. Mean? I tried to be. That's why I tried to I- emphasize the Florida man. All right, last one here, we gentlemen. Fast. Yeah, we, gotta, Again, we, gotta go we, quick. we are out of it. An arrested man insists that the blank pulled from his blank are not his. So okay. again, an arrested man insists, insists, like he insists legally that the blank pulled from his blank are not his. And here's the first one: either open needles or syringes, mm. multiple fake IDs with his face on it. <laughs> or just drugs in general were in his blank and they're not his. So quickly, boys, let's go with the first multiple one. Multiple fake IDs. Okay, with his face fake on IDs. Uh, I'm going to go with the drugs. Okay, drugs it is. Second one. From his blank are not his. Just his regular pant pocket, his prison pocket. Oh, Gentlemen, boy. again, we're going to go a little bit more I, with I, that. I don't like that theme. <laughs> you don't like it? You don't like it? I, 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 well, then tell Florida to calm it down. down okay. There. Or just his wallet. So again, an arrested man insists that he pulled. Uh, or that blank was pulled from his blank are not his. So we go to the second one there again. Pocket maybe is behind and his wallet. So where do you go? I'll with just that? go pocket. I, I mean, he's 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 clearly carrying some fake IDs that he's trying to sell to pe- to college kids, and they're just in his pocket, and they're not his. But he's got his face on. Them, so he didn't think that one through. I am going to say wallet because he was taking his wallet out to show it to the cop. He got pulled over for a speeding ticket, and then, boom, drugs oh, come he just, out as oh, he's pulling the license oh, okay, out. Gotcha, gotcha. How much time do we got right now, Nick? We have literally zero time. Zero time. <laughs> okay, gentlemen, between Kansas and Florida, which state was this one? Police say a man with no arms or legs is armed and dangerous and on the run. Which one was that? You have to say something different, so whoever goes first, get it done. Florida. Go. You said Florida? Arkansas. It was. I said Kansas, Florida, no, Kansas. Sorry. Those are your two options. I, I thought it was open <laughs> Wait, forum. Did we, did we both said, get the other one wrong? Yeah, you got oh all of them wrong, God. but he did get the tiebreaker right. Comes away with a 1-0 okay. victory this week. Boys, thank you. Another wow. Florida man special. We'll see you next Thursday. What? Right, that's Sam Speck with Nick Springer. This is Rock Truck Sports Talk. I'm Derek Johnson. RCST Replay, next.